0: What you don't want to do is give him three grass to run in. This kid can fly.
1: Here's the tap. Hand
0: off Perry. Perry running to his left. Perry gets away from a tackle. Perry up the sideline. The 15, to the 10, to the 5. He makes you miss. You have to lock up. Easier said than done. This kid is a premium running back.
1: The pass to Perry again, it's his seventh reception of the day. Perry has a first down, Perry may have more. Hand off to Perry on the sweep, Perry in for the touchdown.
2: Perry, when you recognize that there's a the scene, forget about it. He hits the afterburner and it is over. Welcome to Pure Banter. I'm your host, Bruce Perry, from the ACC Offensive Player of the Year and Dope Walker finalist, as well as former Philadelphia Eagle. I'm joined here by Testudo Times managing editor, Lila Baumberg, and also Matt Levine, Director of Digital Content. <laughs> <laughs> we're used to us talking about Turks on this network, but now we're going to switch things up. We're very excited to bring you this podcast where we're going to debate and discuss a variety of topics around the world of sports, as well as important issues that influence our society and culture as a whole.
3: Yeah, we've been working on this for a while and, you know, there's no one else we'd rather do it than with Bruce, you know, Thank one you. of the Thank you. best running backs in Maryland football history who's he's become one of my favorite people over the past few months. Yeah, we're very excited for this.
1: Absolutely. We've got some awesome guests lined up. Some will be your favorite former Terps but we're also going to bring some of the best to play in the NFL, the NBA, and with a few surprises here and there.
2: So, it is my honor, it is my privilege to introduce one of my good friends, one of our Maryland Terrapin greats, uh, one, a member of the 2002 National Championship Maryland Terrapins. Ladies and gentlemen, give a warm welcome to Mr. Byron Mouton.
0: Hey, what's up, man? What's going on, man? I want to personally thank you guys for allowing me to be on your show, man. And I'm excited to uh, have an opportunity to talk to you guys, on, a, you know, about sports and about, you know, today, what's going on in our world. And uh, I'm just excited, man. You know, I'm just here in Louisiana visiting family. So my man Bruce called me, stopped whatever I'm doing, man, to, to help him out and uh to be on you guys' show. I really appreciate
2: it. And we appreciate you. We appreciate having you. And um, like I said, we're going to talk about the things, some things impacting our world, um, especially the world of sports, um, college basketball, which you have obviously uh, expertise in in the matter. <laughs> um, the battle in the bubble. Let's talk about that. Yeah, right.
3: so thanks so much for joining us, Byron. You know, if a national championship yeah. on it, you know, it's only right to kick things off with, College basketball is our first topic. And so recently, the NCAA trademarked Battle in the Bubble as discussions have gone on over the past few months of trying to uh, have college basketball in bubbles around the country to still pull off a season. Um, And so it seems like that's something that they're really thinking about. But the question is, how realistic is that? So I guess we'll start with you, Byron. As a player, how would you feel about being asked to enter and stay in a bubble for an extended period of time in college?
0: Oh, well, me personally, I just love the game of basketball. So if it had hey, do anything to do with basketball, I think I would be really, really excited about entertaining that option and see, you know, the intentions of it, and where did it go, or how did it, how they figure out they're gonna make that happen. So I would be really excited because at the end of the day, being a young kid, with the opportunity to play college basketball, um, I would definitely have my ears open and see what their plans are and how they're gonna try to pull it off.
3: I mean, Bruce, obviously your football, but I mean, how do you feel about living in a hotel for a few months, kind of you know away from family and friends, if, you know, that's what it takes to play.
2: It, it would definitely be rough, you know. It would definitely be a transition, you know what I mean? Like um, the, the college experience, obviously, you know, you would be pretty much taken away from, you know. And, and that right. is a major part of the patentry of athletics in college, you know. And so a lot of us come on visits where we're seeing, in your case, you know, 20 30,000 30, fans in the stadium, that motivated you to come, come to University of Maryland. Um, same thing from my perspective in football. You're used to having a stadium packed, uh, or at least I was used to having a stadium <laughs> packed. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to having a stadium full and being able to pick up off that energy um, from the fans. Um, so it takes away from the pageantry and, and, and the, the prestige of uh, college athletics. But, you know, to be in in one place for an extended period of time, I mean, obviously our NBA athletes are experiencing that now. Um, yeah. The game still has gone on without a hitch. But you wonder, like, would the, – obviously there would – I believe there would be an, a, a, an extreme difference in play had, you know, you had a, a stadium full of fans. Like, it just makes you take your game to – a completely different level, you know. To me, being in a bubble is it's a scrimmage. And we all know yeah. what scrimmages are like, you know. There's no um there's no heat, there's no there's nothing that extra that's going to drive you to 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 go the extra mile because it's pretty much in a scrimmage like atmosphere. So, you know, for me it would be it would be rather difficult, but as a player, you know, you're going to play whether it's two fans in the stadium, whether it's 10 fans or or 20,000, you know, you love the game. It's not going to stop you from performing.
3: I mean, you mentioned that aspect of just, you know, how it will be impacted with not having fans. But I think another thing that impacts it is, you know, while the NBA can play every other day, that's not what college basketball is used to. You know, I remember it was a really big thing with Mark Turgeon last year of having um, the team play four games in 10 days. I mean, if you're having a bubble, you're probably going to have even more than that, right? And so, you know, if you're taking these college kids, you're not having as much, you know, practices and things like that. They're still, you know, having to do academics on the side and, you know, dealing with all the things they already deal with and not having that practice time just going game to game to game without recovery and not having those fans. I think that there would be a lower level in play and it could, you know, possibly hurt some guys' as draft prospects.
0: Right, right. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that's a great point. But, like, at the end of the day... You're looking at amateur, which is college basketball versus pros. So them guys, I mean, in an 82-game season, they don't really practice that much anyway when the season starts. But in college basketball, I mean, Bruce Perry knows this too. You you know, guys, we practice it throughout the season. You know, sometimes, like football is one game a week, and you need those practices in to put in plays and scout teams and stuff like that because every game counts, you know. Right. And, like, college basketball – like Gary Williams, man, he he's all about practice <laughs> and mm-hmm. trying to get his system, in and make sure we're ready for a game. So it might be a lot different for college coaches because they way more involved than actually the college, I mean, the NBA coaches because at the end of the day, professional sports, you know, it's it, it's a it's a players' game. Mm-hmm. You know, college basketball is more controlled by coaches. NBA pretty much controlled by players. Players decide make a lot of decisions on what happens to the coach. Or to what's going on, man, you know, so it can get tricky, you know, like I said, then you got to deal with the academic side of it too, how are you going to handle that, how often do the kids need to go to class, how often, you know, how much extra work you going to give them, so it's, it's tricky when it comes to college athletes, it's just so much dynamic involved with college sports
1: compared to the NBA, it is out there playing, you know, right, correct. so. And Lila brought it up a little bit, Byron, you just did And Lila, you said kind of how they'd be doing academics sort of on the side and going to a bubble, they'd be going for basketball specifically. So would you guys even consider these student athletes when you call them student athletes anymore? Or would they just be called college basketball players? Oh, here we go. (laughs) Here we go. I'll give that
2: one to you, Byron.
0: Well, at the end of the day, you have to have academics. You're a, cal- you're a student athlete. At the end of the day, you go to college. The purpose is, uh, you know, trying to get a degree, make sure you can uh, have an opportunity. Because like I say, at the end of the day, athletics is one third of your life. So, you know, being a professional basketball player, uh, lifespan, maybe two and a half, three years. Uh-huh. So, you know, you got to get your degree. You got to have an opportunity to, to go to school and get educated about your life. So you're always a student-athlete. I mean, you know, you want to play professional sports. <laughs> you know, you go you're going into it like, I want to be a professional athlete, but at the end of the day, school's involved. I'm always going to be a student-athlete first. But I, you can't go to college just to play in this bubble. Bruce I mean, is getting a little
3: academics. heated right now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let me tell you. All right, so obviously, you know, in recent years, the question of whether the student athlete or the quote unquote amateur athlete is are they actually a student athlete or are they an employee? Byron You know, just as well as I do, there is a financial aspect, an economic aspect to all of college athletics, whether it be football, basketball, track, what have you. And the fact of the matter is we all have jerseys that are being sold for merchandise. You've got concessions being sold. You've got the, um, as far as a state employee, as far as a state employee, these college coaches, whether they're head coaches of football or basketball, are the highest paid individuals in the state. This They're state employees. You understand what I'm saying? So there is an economic aspect to things and for, You know, however many individuals are on the football team and the basketball team, they're bringing in revenue that they are not privy to. And you know, just as well as I do, you have had, you know, teammates who come from disadvantaged situations who may not have enough money to buy soap, toiletries, food or what have you. That hundred dollars a week. That you got on that on your ID, you can tell me that that was enough money for you to eat.
3: <laughs>
2: Damn, you absolutely guys only got a hundred. No, see that. Yeah, yeah. You can tell not me not. that a hundred dollars a week was a was enough for a growing young man who was involved in college athletics. That's enough for you to eat for a week.
0: Absolutely not.
2: That's not enough for me to eat
0: in a day. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. So Darn. you know.
2: The idea you know, okay, are we employees? I wouldn't go as far as to say we're employees however but I, th-
3: I think you are employees though, if you're asking them to go in a bubble leave their families and like being like you have to go to this location we came
2: to we came to college leaving our families it's not just the right, bubble but
3: you're like not on campus anymore it's like we're asking you to go to a hotel for months like how is that not asking you to be an employee if you're literally taken out of your environment to serve their purpose of making them money
2: but we're, we're taking out of our environment to live on campus to make them money so it's not really that much of a difference
3: But that's fair you
2: understand what i'm saying at the end of the day i've always believed that we deserve a piece of the pie because you know for all intents and purposes and you know i love my coaches but those coaches got to pay their mortgages they got to send their kids to private schools they got to pay to pay for their nice Mercedes-Benzes or whatever cars they drove. They got to make sure their wives are taken care of. And the, the the trade-off is a degree. Now you know just as well as I do. And I'm being realistic, I would never I would never shy away from the importance of getting a degree and the doors that it may open. But you tell me how many college not not just students, not just student athletes, but college students as a whole actually use that degree in the field that they study when they're out into the real world. And how much money, really, per capita, does that degree put into an individual's pocket? You know just as well as I do, you come out of college, and you're still starting from the bottom.
0: Yeah, yeah. Even if there's an opportunity. No, no, I 100% agree, man. And I say that all the time, man. I'm just lucky. And blessed opportunity that I can do what I love to do and that's be a game be around the game of basketball. Mm. And I tell kids all the time, man, you know, there's a lot of people. like you say, I don't know the percentage, but I'm guaranteed it's over sixty percent of people in this world that got a degree and they're not doing what their degree act, whatever they got a degree at. You know, they, they just they have some job type of That's it. Yeah, that's
2: yeah,
0: it. yeah <laughs> they got a job just to make sure they can support their family. Or if they got kids or whatever it may be. So, so, so think
2: about it. Think about think about it from. Now. I don't mean to cut you off, but think about it from this standpoint, yeah, yeah. Uh, Byron. You know, with the amount of um with the amount of money that um, NC two A and college athletics bring to to the table or or benefit from these athletes, what's wrong with setting up a trust fund? For each, for each student athlete that they can take advantage of when they have finished their four or five years of being, being at the university. That way, you know, you have a set amount that can be put aside for these guys that, you know, they can get a head start on li- actual life instead of like the normal college student who actually has, as soon as they graduate student loans they have to pay back
3: right and you guys can't have jobs either and we but,
2: can't but like yeah. would you
3: prefer that over like name image and likeness because my thing with this is like i think if you're sending them to a bubble instead of having name image and likeness go into effect in 21 you should have it go into effect this season i mean just imagine the money you could have made with the bruce's loose
2: my my problem my problem with name name image and likeness is that there's only one bruce perry on the team <laughs> there's only one of, there's only By, one byron muton on the team so my name may be worth a little bit more than let's say um the guy who's just playing special teams now <laughs> yeah, absolutely should he I mean, not be able to take mean. advantage
3: no i believe they should be paid but it's like that's a the NCAA isn't going to do that i think something they're might be able to do is like push up name, image, and likeness if they're planning to do it anyway.
2: The problem, Like I said, the problem with that is not everybody's name is worth that's as true. much as everyone else. Yes. But that's Football's,
0: all they're willing to do because it's the NCAA. a lot of guys on a team. Man. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Basketball, you might get away because you got 10, 12 guys. You know what I'm saying? So it's probably a lot easier with basketball as small as sports.
3: I mean, what impact do you guys think that just having a bubble season might have on the future of the NCAA and the sport, specifically, like if they're able to execute as well as they are, or just kind of how it changes, um, you know, college basketball? Matt, what are your thoughts on this?
1: I, I mean, it obviously changes it so drastically based on everything we've said, academics. I mean, their classes all have to be online, which most universities are, but I'm sure there's at least there's some schools still across the country that are doing in-person classes. I'm sure some of these athletes have those, but what do you do about that? Then Lila, you said you're asking them to go away from their families. I get the part where they're already at college, but then Bruce, you mentioned it earlier. They're losing that entire experience. I'm sure most of these guys still have friends that are outside of their team. You know, even like you guys, football and basketball, you guys were friends in college and, Just stuff like that, they're going to lose the sort of like this, not the social life aspect, but building relationships like that. Mm -hmm. And that'll get taken away. And then I I just don't think that paying athletes is something that they will consider, even if this happens, just because the history of for so long that student athletes have not been paid. I don't know how quickly they're just going to go and change that. I feel like that's going to be a process that would take a long time to fix. Mm -hmm. See, there's so, what's
3: right, and then there's, you know, the NCAA wanting to make money.
1: Exactly. So there's so many different things that I, 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 it's just, it's a crazy time. It's, it's upsetting. It's yeah.
2: upsetting that, you know, this is a multi-billion dollar, non-profit organization <laughs> that is not willing to reinvest in the mechanisms that makes this machine run without the student a- without the a- let me stop saying student athlete without the athlete there is no athletics period and, and I hate to say this but this is free slave labor it's free when you think about the, the, the value of that scholarship It's minute in terms of how much money they're actually bringing in. It's small, you know? So why not share a piece of that pie to the most important aspect or the most important piece
3: in this puzzle? I mean, there's a reason they're doing all these like fancy athletic facilities and stuff. It's because there's money left over.
2: There's money left over. Exactly. There's money left over. So when you can be like Clemson and, and invest between 60 to $75 million into your new uh, football f- facility.
3: well, It has a slide in it. has it. a
2: slide in it. Now, granted, you're a national champion, and, and that's, that's great. But you mean to tell me there's not enough money left over? To reinvest in your athletes who've actually bled and sweat to get this national championship.
0: Well, well, I think <laughs> that's just my theory, man. But I think that that before we start having all these conversations about student athletes getting paid, they think, oh, just like you were saying earlier. Okay, you have a full ride. You have a hundred thousand uh-huh. dollars. That should be good enough for the student athlete. He gets a free education. You know, I never forget when I was thinking about why did Charles or Ed O'Bannon try to sue the NCAA for life? Like, like, what is that about, man? Mm-hmm. What is he doing? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I when 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 Charles O'Bannon was thinking about doing it and you know, the topic came up, and I'm like, why would he do that? Like, mm-hmm. I love my little college basketball mm-hmm. and football NCAA um, uh, <laughs> uh, I, PlayStation I, game. I, you know I, what I'm saying? I love that game. <laughs> I was a 97. Like, what did he do it, man? <laughs> and then now, you know, with all these conversations, man, it makes all the sense in the world when you, as an athlete, actually playing, you don't even think about it, but now, once you're older and get educated about it, like, yeah, the student has to be deserve a piece of the pie, but like, How do you go about it? Because at the end of the day, I don't want college athletes getting paid. Mm. Some type of fund, like you said, or or per diem or whatever it may be, because it's just too much involved when you're actually trying to pay a college player.
2: I I, I look at it as um, reinvesting in the investment. So just like you go and buy, you know, stocks and bonds on the market, why not set things up so that the college athlete... Because let's let's be real here. There, Every year, there's only 242 people that actually make it to the NFL. Two, out of the millions that are playing college athletics, there's only how many slots in the NBA draft. Not everybody's going to make it. Not everybody's going to have the opportunity to make it to the next level so with that quote unquote degree why not set them up monetarily to be able to benefit for the rest of their life nobody's saying give every athlete a million dollars but you can you can have some type of um financial um mechanism put in place to make sure these guys are okay because a lot of them are going back to the same situations that they were trying to run from when they were 18. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. And then some of them lucky to have a good coach because it's not a lot of them out there to actually look out for them. Man. Right. You know, and, you know, just like you said, you know, any athlete, man, you got a lot of pride mm-hmm. and you got a lot of ego. So you don't want to really ask nobody for no help. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to do this on my own. I don't yeah, wanna man, so. like I want to feel like I need the help or whatever. I'm going to try to do. But like I said, there's some good coaches yeah. out there, man. We mm-hmm. are actually... Help you out, but there's a lot of them, man. When they done, when you're done playing for them, man, they're they, they not gonna ask you if you're okay. They're not gonna call you, like, man, I'm just checking on you. I'm just making sure you're all right. You know, I heard you was doing this. I know some guys that's, that's in some type of business that can help you grow yours. Like, that stuff don't happen every day, right, You right. know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's hard, man. It's just hard if you're not that guy actually going out there and trying to network with people and trying to grow your business whatever that is mm-hmm. it's just hard mm-hmm. you know it's probably like less than five percent of the athletes that go back and try to ask for help you know because they pride and ego sometimes kill them mm-hmm. you know? And I, I know tons of former players guys that I'm friends with they, they in the same circumstances man. I would never ask them but I say man sometimes it is man sometimes you just need to man you know just let people know what you're doing so they can help you, mm-hmm.
1: you know? a pride and ego also get involved. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so one league or a sport that is doing a bubble is the NBA, the NHL also. But we'll talk about the NBA here. I think this has been one of the craziest playoffs. At least I've. Um, but we we saw a crazy series between the Jazz and the Nuggets, one on one matchup with Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray, which was the highest scoring uh, players going against each other in a series ever. So. I mean, just initial thoughts on the bubble and any surprises you guys have seen from the first round?
2: Um, I wouldn't necessarily say a surprise because this guy is an absolute baller. Luka Doncic, man. Lee, woo. You know, he is a pleasure to watch. You know what I'm saying? A pleasure to watch. And I don't know if there is actually a player that you could actually compare him to. You know, he, he, he's tall, he can shoot, he can drive. You know, would you want to say Kobe? No. Like, I think he is in the category of his own. Um, and like I said before, I've, I've enjoyed watching this guy hoop, man. From a basketball player's perspective, man, what do you think, Byron?
0: Man, I, I just love the game of basketball because, you know, this time of year, there's baseball. You know, I grew up playing baseball, but I hate watching it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Saying. I don't. So, been able to have sports in September and October, basketball, mm-hmm. NBA. I love it, man. And and what I love about it even more is no home court advantage. That's why I think the games are so intense, and you don't know what the outcome it is because, like, say, and the crazy thing about it is, after I beat you, we stayed in the same hotel, right? So, <laughs> so you can talk crap to each other, man. You know what I'm saying? And uh, at the same time, we go back and play video games with each other. So, you know, it's a lot of excitement. Plus, like it's almost like a movie, man. You just don't know what the outcome is going to be. You know, the drama, the intensity level. Like, man, I love, I love that series with Houston. Uh, and OKC man, with the whole Chris Paul oh, trade traded for Westbrook, man, I love that series, man. I just wish Chris Paul would have pulled it out, man, because you know what I'm saying that 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 would have made my year, man. Lila has
2: some interesting some interesting thoughts on on, yeah. on this series.
0: I've been telling
3: Bruce and Matt this. like I really wanted, um, I really wanted Chris Paul to come out of that because just think about it, right? Yes. Like the Lakers first play the Blazers, so you have LeBron against Carmelo Anthony, one of his good friends. Then you could possibly have them again, Chris Paul. And let's be honest, Mm -hmm. there's a real possibility they could be facing the heat in the final. So like you're just getting kind of a full banana boat in Mm -hmm. there, you know, the full banana boat. So, you know, I was hoping for that. There are just so many like great storylines. And honestly, I I just don't like the way the Rockets play. Um,
0: Yeah, I go read the man.
3: So I, I was really hoping they could pull that off some interesting calls. Towards the end of the game, Chris Paul's comments about that were a bit interesting. Um, But, I mean, you have a game like that that's just so in high intensity. I feel like for so long before LeBron came out, you just knew it was going to be the Cavs and the Warriors. Mm -hmm. Right? But I feel like the two teams that I thought were going to end up in the finals at the beginning of this, I don't think are going to end up in it. it. There's just been so much, like, unpredictable things that have happened. And, like, for instance, the Heat are playing really well. I didn't think they would get past the first round, but now I'm really, you know, reconsidering that.
2: I think for me, honestly, um, it would really, it would really make my day if LeBron was sent home. Why? I am tired. I am tired of the narrative being LeBron has made it to so many finals. Matt Matt is
3: pumping his fists in case you're just listening.
2: (laughs) Look, LeBron has made it to how many finals and he's lost how many finals. It's like... I'm tired of the whole GOAT comparison. He's lost six.
1: It's not even close. It's
2: not even close. Like, listen, LeBron, of his generation, yes, he is the greatest player of his generation. But all time, he's not even close.
0: Not even close, man. Thank you, Biden. You got a better better comparison to, like, Magic Johnson. Thank you. Know, Oscar Robinson, you know, but like Michael Jordan is a killer, man. And, Stone Cold. You know, LeBron has the ball in his hand a lot of the time. So, you know, these stats to me, they are padded. Inflated. Exactly. Exactly. It's yeah, super inflated because mm-hmm. he always having the ball in his hand and, he, you know, he just make a lot of decisions with
2: the ball. The ball all the and, the, and the game of basketball is so wide open now. It's not like it yeah. was in the 90s.
3: And, and I've, I've told Bruce and Matt this, like, I feel like I was born in the wrong generation. Like, I would have loved to cover that team. And I think it's interesting, like, you mentioned kind of that aspect. And I think the reason so many people are drawn to LeBron, even if he doesn't add up to that comparison, I think is, you know, his personality off the court in terms of being more open yes. and stuff and, you know, his social activism. But I think... If you're talking about like best player of all time, you know Jordan's up there, but I feel like Kobe's closer than LeBron in terms of being Absolutely. that second person. Absolutely, if you're
0: gonna compare somebody, it's definitely Kobe and MJ because they killers, man. They they score, they demand greatness. They demand greatness from their teammates, and they don't care if you like them or not. Oh, That's you. the bottom line. Absolutely. But LeBron, after he play you and you probably beat him, he want to hang out with you. That's how LeBron is. That's his man saying so, Ain't nothing wrong with that. This is back generation. with someone. But MJ, you don't care if you like him or not. No. You no. don't care if you speak to him or not. No. And, and MJ hold big time grudges. Big time
2: grudges. Well, and not only did he hold big time grudges, he also held people accountable. Exactly. And, and most people are intimidated by an individual of that stature to hold you accountable. Whether yeah. and it's not gonna be with powder puff words either. Like the Last Dance, I I tell oh, you, I great. might I may have watched the Last Dance eight times
1: because oh, yeah, we lived great,
2: through, we lived through that era, and it was yeah. a breath of fresh air to get the inside track on Michael Jordan and his psyche and how he approached the, that season, how he approached his teammates in the game, like. I was like a kid in a candy store, waiting for the next episode. You know what I mean. But you know, when you get a, a clear cut understanding of how the great ones operate, how their their mental, um, how their mental psyche, and how they how they approach each and every day like it's their last. You know, I tell you that it gives me goosebumps. LeBron, but to, 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 to take a step further. LeBron may be, his best comparison is just as you said, Magic Johnson, and that's the ceiling. That's the ceiling for LeBron. Oh yeah,
0: yep.
3: And I know that Matt has some interesting takes on, you know- I don't even think LeBron- What's that, Byron? Yeah, you go ahead, we'll just edit that part.
0: Oh no, no, I was just saying, I don't think LeBron like you know the way that that Kobe and and MJ can create his own shot and, and you know just just create their own offense. LeBron is just a a power down here dribbler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he's a he's he, a local. Because if you watching if you watching Milwaukee play right now, right, he remind me just like a I mean. Uh, 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 the Greek freak it's actually playing just like a young LeBron. Like, top of the key, can't shoot. They clog the lane on him. And, unfortunately, they're not going to win that series because he don't have no go-to moves mm-hmm. or he can't shoot. He's mm-hmm. just a young LeBron and, and Until when you, he figured it out, he's going to be in that same situation in the playoffs.
2: But when you look at it from a perspective of what transpired with a young LeBron, he could not make it out of the finals without help.
3: Yeah, period. I feel like this is going to yeah. bring about uh, kind of what helped, what made us want to start this whole podcast was the debate we had with Bruce um, <laughs> about the best player in the NBA right now. So, Matt, why don't, why don't you give your controversial take on
1: this? Hands down, it's not even close. It's Kawhi Leonard. You're talking about stone, cone kill, no. stone cold killers. It's Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> I almost threw I don't care. I, <laughs> threw I, don't, I, I, threw I don't care if he's quiet. He he doesn't show emotion. He has that internal killer. He's no. going to put you away. I'm still waiting. I'm why, still waiting to see this killer you're talking Luka Dacic about. Luka Doncic can score a hundred points, however many points he wants to score. The Mavs were never getting at it. I understand the Clippers are a better Porzingis team. Porzingis was injured. Yes. They would
3: have won if Porzingis was not injured.
1: I, I have my own things about Porzingis as a Knicks fan, but um, he's just he's a killer. He could shoot. He's a great defender. I can go on and on and on. It's not Giannis. As he doesn't Byron take said. over games.
3: Giannis, he does not take over games.
1: Kawhi doesn't take over games.
3: Not in a That's superstar outrageous.
1: way. That is outrageous. Giannis doesn't take over games. I, you know, I admit
3: he, that Giannis does not is not <laughs> aggressive. That he is not as aggressive as he should be in fourth quarters.
1: You okay, know, so, I really... but the
3: problem with
0: the, the problem with the Greek freak, he been in foul trouble. because he don't have no jumper, man, and the only way he he can get to the rim is try to go through people. And every game in his series, and probably two the last two games in the uh, Orlando series, he like the last two games he had three fouls in the first quarter, just because. He just pull up game, uh, uh, create his own offense. and just try to be strong in everybody. And I ain't gonna I, I, I agree with that, man. I think Kawhi Leonard to me is the most effective player in the NBA right now. The most effective player. Now, <laughs> Bruce Light is just strongly disagree with this. Like
2: now, wait a minute, wait a second. <laughs> he's,
0: he's, he he, he he's, he's, he's a two-way player, man. exactly. He's a two-way player.
2: I will give you that, but let me ask you a question. Let me ask you one good question, okay? You're telling me in a finals. Now, granted, I just got finished saying as far as greatest of all time, LeBron's not close. However, greatest of this generation, he is that. You mean to tell me, you, Byron Mouton, would take Kawhi Leonard on your squad than LeBron James. I I, I bet I bet you have a change um,
0: of heart. I bet No, I would not. But see? Play- see how can you say he's the best player? These playoffs. these playoffs I would take Kawhi Leonard.
3: Okay, but like I think an important um, aspect is LeBron that LeBron
0: this- James be doing it. LeBron James has been doing it for 17 years. Kawhi, you know, he had his thing. You know, he played with Tim Duncan. You know, he had his thing with Toronto. Um, he's a good player. But to, to dominate for 10 to 15 years in a row, I haven't seen that from Kawhi. It's because he's on a team. with but LeBron, he's been doing it for 17 years since he got in the league. So, but these playoffs, I'm taking Kawhi
3: Okay, so you just mentioned, which I think one of the reasons why I don't think Kawhi is on that level, right? So one of his first championships, he's with Duncan. He's with Popovich, right? Then he's with the Raptors. We've all seen what the Raptors have been able to do in the bubble. They've been really good. Um, And then, you know, he's with the Clippers. You take Kawhi out of any of those teams, and they'll still be good. You take LeBron out of any of the teams they've been on, and they would be
1: trash. Well, that's okay. Okay.
3: No.
2: Okay. Really,
1: look at the Cavs. Look now, at the listen, Lakers without listen, him. Listen,
2: listen. Not not my
1: The Lakers without him they have a top five player in Anthony Davis. Exactly. But that's not enough. You need to like. Yes, that actually isn't Toronto,
0: enough. Toronto, right now is struggling because they don't have that guy. That guy is Kawhi Leonard. They're gonna go. Kyle Lowry looks game. very
3: good. I don't know about struggling. Oh, I don't struggling. I don't struggling. I don't think they're struggling. I think they're he, struggling. Like, I think the Heat, like I, make my stubbing hurt. <laughs> the Celtics are underrated. Like
0: I don't think I don't. I, I, I don't believe Lila,
1: <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Lila. Mm-hmm. You Lee said struggling, uh, man, Toronto is
0: nuts because they don't have that guy. They don't have that guy, man. And I'm um, trust me when I tell you this: if if the Clippers wouldn't have had Kawhi last uh, against Dallas, they'd probably be out the playoffs. Kawhi giving you 30 every game. I don't know where Paul George has been at. I don't know where he's been at.
2: Oh, he's missing in action. He's been missing in action for like <laughs> two years. I Kawhi Leonard, man, he will
0: play both sides, and he has and that, then, that talent where he's a leader with his action. He, he's not a very vocal guy. But you
2: also have to take to get an account for those Clippers that Patrick Beverly hasn't been around either. And yeah, that, well. and he's a he, he plays defense. He's he yeah. may not be much of an offensive uh, weapon, but it's, but on the defensive side he is extremely yeah.
1: important.
3: Okay, so we're I I think it's then we're talking about. All right.
1: Quick. You said <laughs> that's about to attack me. No, I I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it good. I'll keep it good. You you <laughs> said that LeBron. You take LeBron out of any team he's ever played for and they're trash. That's so I you're don't, telling Maybe me besides
3: that, the Heat, but he like Wade, the other
1: teams. Bosh, Ray Allen. Besides okay,
3: I take Eric's that back. Besides the heat. How
1: many years now? And Besides the heat. Oh. Besides the heat? Okay, yes. When he was when LeBron was a rookie, the Cavs, and he brought them to the finals, yes. It probably wouldn't have gone to the finals, I'll give you that. We should do it like a but one. you take him off the Lakers now, I think Anthony Davis. They still so. be good. Yeah. When they win a championship, I don't I'm know, but they still out. be
0: good. Exactly. All right, you so, need that other player to win championships.
2: Yes, I agree you, with that. You got
0: to have that player. And LeBron's that player, and Kawhi Leonard is that player. And it's a guard driven league. This time. Mm-hmm. That's why the Rockets got all these little dudes. But at the end of the day, it's a guard driven league. You got to have killer, you know, Dominic Guards to even win a championship. You have to.
3: So, then in terms of winning a championship, we'll wrap up this segment. Uh, what do you guys have in terms of your finals predictions? And then who do you have winning the championship? Bruce, you want to start?
1: Bruce, you can go first. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I'm
3: going
2: to say the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say the Lakers. But <laughs> it, until somebody comes up with a formula on how to contain LeBron James, I mean, this guy – is literally a triple-double or close to a triple-double every every time he laces up his shoes um, until they come up with a formula. It, look, Houston's not going to beat the Lakers. Yeah, it's a guard-driven lead, Houston is not. They don't, they don't have a chance, okay? And then, you know, outside of, you know, the Clippers, I don't know if the Clippers are going to make it out of Denver because Kawhi can't do it by itself. Paul George is missing in action. I think he's been abducted by aliens. He's just <laughs> not around. Is so, he in his own version of Toon
3: Squad? Is he, is yeah, exactly.
1: Again? Yeah, you know, he might be. I think... Paul you know, George is back, by the way. He had a few bad games, but then he had no, 5 no. points and 15 points. So he's back.
2: He had one good game. Your Your version of back and my version of back
1: are two totally different things. <laughs> It, it doesn't matter. Kawhi Leonard will beat the Nuggets single-handedly. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right.
3: All right. So I, I also kind of see the Lakers winning it. Um, I think in my mind, this not only would be incredible, but I actually see this as the finals is going to be the Heat versus the Lakers. Like, just imagine how incredible that would be. Like, LeBron against a team that he won two championships with, against, you know, the GM, you know, just a team he's so familiar with. Like... I think that'd be wild and honestly I think either of those teams could win that, but I think with how badly LeBron wants this and them having a more experienced team, I think they'll go over the edge
0: there. Well, my protection is the Lakers and the Celtics. Really?
3: You believe you believe in the, Bay, believe in the Celtics? Latter-day. But what about on the other oh,
0: okay, yeah. You believe in the Celtics. Yes. Because she made a point. Miami is playing weird well, and guess what? Miami struggles against the Celtics this whole year. They have a hard time beating the Celtics. The Celtics has four or five great guards. Mm. But what about
3: Gordon Hayward? Gordon Hayward might not be in that equation.
1: They've shown that they 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 don't need him. They're already up 2 0 against against Miami. They probably don't
0: need him later on. But like I said, uh, Tatum, uh, what's the other guy's name? Walker, and uh, Jalen Brown. uh, Brown. Jalen Brown. Virginia Brown, man, that's that's some three great guards, man. And then you got Marcus Smart that out of nowhere hit five or six threes, mm-hmm. which people don't know. He was a good shooter in college. I don't know what happened to him. You know, all of a sudden, I guess he played into that defensive role, but he was actually a good shooter in college basketball. So and you bring him into the equation. I mean, they got some great guard play in Boston, man. I don't think, you know, and he fearless, too. So Miami struggled with them in the bubble, and in the NBA six right,
2: when it when right. it, had it so I just I just I'm sorry I'm just not I I'm, I don't believe in Boston. I feel <laughs> like you know at some point in time they're just gonna you know crap down their lake. I, I I'm just telling you, I don't believe in them. You know and, and history has proven me right for the past three <laughs> or four years. <laughs> okay, history man. <laughs> <laughs> It's proving me right. I, I, You know what? I would... uh, I'd be more in that to go with Miami. um, yeah. Because I just feel like there is a... There's a swagger about them right now. Like, they're hot. Same
0: thing. Same thing with Boston, man. I'm trying to tell you. All right. Boston got mm-hmm. way more bigger athletic guards. That's why Toronto is struggling. Toronto got the middle guards. Mm-hmm. You know... One of your favorite players uh uh Kyle Larry. <laughs> he's, five,
3: he's five ten. Bruce and I are
0: both short you hey, should have nothing. Hey, I'm four
2: vertically challenged and I know it.
0: <laughs> yeah and then you got uh what's his name? Uh the other guard uh Van uh, Yeah Van uh, uh, yeah, yeah, he, Fleet he, He's, mm-hmm. he's feet, on and off so
2: Byron Byron, Byron you'd be pleased to know this right if people don't know this I think I might have told you Lila I received a basketball scholarship for high school.
0: Oh, did you?
2: I was a hooper. What?
0: And, and then you just threw in the and, and then didn't track did
2: too. Once the football got put in my hand, I threw the basketball away. <laughs> that it was that was it for me. So.
0: Oh, so what school? What school offered you for basketball?
2: No, no, high school. I got a. I got a back. I, I was on scholarship in high school for basketball. Oh, Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, please. What number? College wasn't offer me any scholarships. Not for basketball, no way. Not that good. I was okay, but not that good. I could jump out the gym, I'll put you, put you like that. I can jump.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's been many times, man, I used to go, it's so funny, man, I used to go to CRC, man, and play against some of your teammates. Mm-hmm. I used to love that, he's like, boo Coach Williams be like, man, why you going, I heard you be going to Red rec gym, get some of the football players. I say, man, I like playing in the right mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. casual basketball, a lot of fun, man. You know, just, just having fun, man. Just trying to be a regular student, man. Not trying to isolate myself mm-hmm. from the community. Well, you couldn't have that on bubble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. But I love going to CRC playing against some of you guys, man. It mm-hmm. was crazy.
2: You know what? My yeah. freshman year, um, we used to go to... Um, we used to go to the CRC. We used to show up at, you know, um yeah, the rec. We used to go to rec all and play the girls. We used to play girls all the time. Yeah. We used to yeah. go go come over to Cole and, and play against Vicky Brick and all those girls. Yeah. Especially when we had um when we had blizzards. That one year we had a blizzard. And we yep, we, yep. we lived in Cole, just playing basketball. Yep. I'm sure if our coach knew about yeah, that he great, wouldn't be man. too
0: happy. Hey man, you remember not to, not to change topics, though I gotta, I gotta put this out there. You remember back then, man? We had this humongous water gun fight, man. Oh, oh, I gotta man, hear a story. the story. Best time ever, man we just had this humongous started with the cheerleaders Yep. i think i shot somebody <laughs> it, just grew, <laughs> man. it just grew the whole campus got
2: involved everybody so everybody
0: so a you know what campus
2: wide oh, water gun fight. Yeah, water guns, i remember it incredible. might have been my junior year on south side we had a blizzard we had a south side uh snowball fight like those were the times where we had so much fun so much fun, you know, just being together and, and you not a care in the world, man. I, those are the times that I
0: genuinely miss. I, I really do. Yeah, um, man. Yeah. It was awesome, man.
3: So before we move on, Matt, real quick, give us your predictions and then we'll uh, uh, just, you uh, know, move on to our next topic.
1: You already know that the Clippers are winning the championship. I said it <laughs> when the season started. And I'll keep saying it. And I agree with Byron. I think uh, Boston's heading to the finals. I think they have, they have Kemba now. Kemba's a killer. But he's not the guy. And they have okay. Jason Tatum as the guy. They have Jalen Brown as support. They have different pieces. And they have Brad Stevens. There's no more to be said there. Yeah, yeah there's no more to be
3: said because it's not happening. It's
1: not happening. Okay. <laughs> You'll see. So, You'll see,
3: man. I with you, man, baby. <laughs> All right, so moving on to, I think, a topic that, you know, I know Bruce and I have been really excited to get on, um, and I've been talking with a lot of former athletes about, you know, over the past few months, and especially in the bubble and just in recent years, uh, you know, there's just been so much more power to today's athlete. Um, you know, it's not only a money thing in terms of negotiations, but, you know, the things they're able to say, the organizations they're able to push for, and you see that especially um, over the recent recent months after, you know, the tragic killing of George Floyd and, you know, even before that with Colin Kaepernick, even though he wasn't really able to um, be respected for that. But you see now where athletes are able to have those voices and be kind of these voices of change. And so, I mean, just going back to you guys, first off, like you guys didn't have social media, um, which is a big aspect of this. But in terms of, you know, just talking with the media, what were you told by SIDs or, or teams about, speaking out on issues of social injustice or kind of like what you were allowed to talk about
2: um I'll start that off Byron um for the most part you know when when we were back in school um, the 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 social unrest portion of what's going on in today's uh, world we didn't really have to deal with that I think the the most um, the most traumatizing thing that we had to to live through was 9/11, and so you know from yeah. you know a social activism standpoint, um, I believe you know we were we were uh, we were together a lot. You know it wasn't you know as much division, um, especially on campus. Um, and I'm not going to say not as much division in the world because that has always existed.
3: Right, you just didn't have smartphones to show everything that's going on. It
2: just wasn't, you know, media devices to be able to capture um, these moments so quickly. Um, So from that standpoint, like I said, you know, 9-11 was the biggest thing that we had to deal with. But, you know, to take it a step further, um, we weren't necessarily told not to say anything. It was almost ingrained in your mindset not to say anything. It's almost like you were in fear of stirring the pot um, too much, you know, for for um, for fear of repercussions on the back end. You know, back then, you know, all of us were inspiring to, to make it to the professional ranks. And the last thing you wanted was a pro team feeling like you were one of those guys that was going to stir the pot. The last thing you wanted was a pro team to have a stigma on you that you were a Colin Kaepernick or a Malcolm Jenkins. Like you tried to stay safe and not speak. Now, you know, I have, I am so proud. It gives me goosebumps. I am so proud of today's athlete. Because not only are they are they using social media to their advantage, not only are they using these platforms to speak on pressing issues that affect our community and affect our lives, they are doing it strategically in a way that can get things done. From you know Malcolm Jenkins and the coalition. You know, teaming up with the NFL owners to promote change in, in, in the social in the justice system, you know, to Colin Kaepernick willing to be a martyr, willing to lay down on the sword, be nailed to the cross, whatever type of metaphor you want to give to him for that. He was willing to risk it all for something that he believed in. And a lot of these student athletes. Have followed suit. You see, you know Mike Gundy wearing the T-shirt, and remember, guns was was a coach at the University of Maryland. I know guns. That's
3: not something to be proud of. He him
2: wearing the T-shirt and and his running back stepping up saying no. You know what I'm saying, like.
3: But then they were forced to do that video that looked like they were held hostage. It, it,
2: but the, my my point. No, I get your point. My point is saying it was done. <laughs> My point is saying he was not not afraid to stand out on that limb and and be a catalyst for change. These guys have more power in their right thumb to press a button than we ever had when we were in school. And they're using it. And and, And I'm proud of them.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, you mentioned kind of making actual change happen. And I think having the NBA players in a bubble specifically um, has really allowed them to create this change, right? Because you're passing with these guys every day in the hotel. Um, There's so much momentum right now. And I know I've seen from player vlogs and um, just from different articles and things like that, that. There's, you know, been active meetings among players throughout this entire bubble, about what they can do when the Mo- Milwaukee Bucks uh, decided to protest and not play that game, they spent hours in the locker room talking to, um, you know, Wisconsin State Attorney, talking to the Lieutenant Governor about, you know, what c- they can do. They talked to Obama, a person who played a big role in all of this. Was actually um, Maryland alum John Lucas, mm-hmm. who is an assistant for the Rockets, and apparently had a very powerful speech as did Doc Rivers, like. I think it was just kind of the perfect moment that they're able to be in this bubble and all collaborate to make actual change.
0: Yeah, um, I I totally agree with both of y'all, you know, but like I said, when we played, like I said, we was all knit, we was all cool. We wouldn't even think about it. Like, I think the biggest difference now is someone not understanding because we didn't have a smartphone so mm-hmm. we didn't like people a lot of people said it, it was going on you know 400 years but now we actually catching it on film
2: mm-hmm. as
0: like like as is happening mm-hmm. so that makes a huge difference so we now not you know man you, you heard what happened like four months ago you know it, it, it's it's no momentum when it's something like that but now we got the smartphone like you can actually this happened like two minutes ago look mm-hmm. i'm gonna send you this link Mm-hmm. So it's just different times now, and then, like I said, social media uh, plays a big part of it, and which is great. The guys can actually have a platform uh, to express how they feel about all these situations, injustice stuff like that. And uh, I'm just, I'm just glad in my lifetime, to be honest with you, I can be a part of it. Right. You know, I can actually being a minority black person be able to, you know help people my experience and what my ideas are. How can I help? I'm, I'm so happy that I can be a part of it and express and educate people, especially like my players, you know, myself being a coach, a mentor, and being around the kids, man. And uh, I'm just, at the end of the day, I'm just lucky and blessed that I can be a part of it, man, in my lifetime. You know, so that's the most important thing to me, that I can actually be educated sometimes and I can educate other people like say just being a minority Mm -hmm. so that's more the most important thing to me that we actually having these quote-unquote tough conversations you know uh, to talk to
1: people about it
2: i got a question and and and, you know this you know might it be a question that you might not be uh comfortable or you (laughs) might not even you know you might not have ever been posed this question but for for Matt and Lila being, you know, two white Caucasian people in a time that things are as as more difficult and 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 harsh for, you know, your African American counterparts. Like how do you two view things, um things that are transpiring and how do you feel like um we need to progress moving forward?
3: I mean you and I, you know, have talked constantly about this, you know, for me I think you know, I grew up in DC. Um, You know, I went to a school that was very diverse, you know, really talked about a lot of these issues. And I think, you know, a lot of uh, white people don't get that education and don't understand white privilege and all these different things. And so I'm very grateful that I was able to get that. Um, And I think for me, like for so long, there's been a thing with journalists where it's like, you're not supposed to say your opinion, you're not supposed to say anything. But when it comes to people being killed just for the color of their skin over and over again. You know, it's been happening for so many years. You the stuff back in 2014 when, you know, social media was really taking off and it's just been thing after thing after thing since then. And, you know, I think after George Floyd happened, I think the mindset for me is like, I can't be quiet on this, you know, anymore. And I think even before that I I was talking about it in terms of my articles, in terms of doing features on people's experiences. But I think for me, I reached a point where it's like, it's not enough for me just to be, you know, an ally with people I know personally and having these conversations and putting out features where I'm ex- I'm explaining these issues from someone else's perspective, you know, I really felt like it was time for me to take, to. I mean, I've always had a stance about this, but just to really kind of be as vocal as I could about it because it's something that's so important to me and, you know, we had a decision as a site. Guys like Where after Martin, the NBA stood mean, out, and actually since a lot of went, the killings really? happened, I was My like, you know, I don't want to want just to focus on sports on this website. Like, like in a, have a, a point that athletes, on athletes later, uh, across the NBA actually, and other leagues and made is like, Things, things are more walkout in sports exceed. right now. And I told my staff, I said, uh, we're not publishing any on, anything on sports the rest his fist so My it was, out of was, you know, that it we shouldn't be focusing on this. Let's um, focus on important, important things. And that really I, motivated bruce you know, players, players. I mean, they, they do a thing play where we to light up, yeah, They used to light up pennies with a lighter and throw them on the court. John put out a statement. John Lucas used to collect We actually didn't have our daily Maryland so many things. And it's like... He and I were talking on, about how it's know, crazy. crazy it's not like, and we just put out a It's not the same, and we kind of just kept putting form out in terms of blatant racism in some regards. But he and so I, I were talking like it's still, that that it, it's still the same exact thing. It's still these people that just like don't seem it. to get it. And so my know. mentality is like I'm gonna shove it down your throat. And if you don't want to listen to it, then don't read my work. I really don't care at this point. I'm gonna fight for what I believe in, even if some people think that's biased or don't want to hear it.
2: Matt.
1: I was just going to say, Lila, you hit pretty much everything that you took the words out of my mouth. It's, I, I think it's most important now that, and we said it before, the social media aspect, the smartphone aspect, that's why these stories get out so quickly, but that's also why athletes can now have a voice more than they were able to before. And I think that's important for us, too, as reporters. It's important for anybody, anybody in this country, anybody in this world and anyone's voice matters. And people have to understand that you can speak up, you can disagree, you can have these tough conversations and that's how you get through this, that's how you get past it. But I think the aspect of just having the social media now helps in having these athletes go out and post things and, and be able to speak their mind instantly when something happens. I, I just think that's more important than it ever has been.
2: You know, um... Earlier, earlier in the week, you know, Lila and I were talking, and um, she asked me to put together a brief, a brief, um, a brief synopsis on on what I felt. Um, what I felt about you know everything that's been going on in our world, and. Um, I know you I know you, you posted it up there and Byron you know I don't know if you had an opportunity to see it um, but you know I pretty I pretty this is what I said I said you know 2020 has been nothing short of the joyous moments we came into the year expecting just as years pass we entered it with promise and high hopes for change only to be crushed with early disappointment and sadness. First, we lost one of our brightest stars in Kobe Bryant. Then, the horrors of a pandemic swept our globe. Adding insult to injury, we bore witness to many social injustices that saw our African American brothers and sisters fall victim to police violence, brutality, and flat out executions in our streets. (sighs) Will the next three months have us witness the change our 44th president spoke of? Or will we be subject to more loss, more hurt, more pain? If America is no doubt the land of the free, why is it not all of its citizens are treated equally in the eyes of Lady Liberty? Why is it so easy for some to hate when love is such a better option? America needs to wake up from this nightmare and and we are in a nightmare. We are in a nightmare that we so desperately need to wake up from. I I should not have to worry about having a conversation with my 13 and my 11-year-old son on how to deal with the police. And it's, sad, it's a sad fact of the matter that and an 11 uh, an year old and a 13 year old Caucasian boy does not have to have the conversation with his parents that an 11 year old and 13 year old African American boy needs to have that's the world that we're living in right now and it's sad it's disgusting it's despicable love is always hard love always comes with some form of sacrifice some sort of discomfort because for some people it's not easy to do but hate hate it's so easy it's so easy to be consumed by it it's so easy to let your heart be overrun with it but it also takes so much more energy think about it how much more energy does it take for you to be mad at somebody like you got to keep that facade going you got to you, you got to keep it going like it takes energy to be angry and it takes less energy to love at the end of the day if 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 people if the media if popular culture if they just showed more empathy more sympathy and more love instead of more hate more rage we'd be better off, but what sells? Fear sells, hate sells, violence sells. And that's what this country has run on since they bought my ancestors over on the ships to build it. This this is a country that we know was not built for us, it was just built by us, and and it's unfortunate. However, the times are changing. The times are changing. I am more proud of this younger generation than I have ever been, because they are finally stepping up, saying enough is enough. And you know what? We don't we don't care if we loot, because you've got you've been we've been looted against forever. As a matter of fact. This stuff isn't ours anyway. There's been a four hundred and fifty year head start on wealth.
3: Most of the people looting were white too. It was like and a lot of people that just like came to take advantage It's it 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 like
2: it's looting. like the woman said, playing Monopoly and <laughs> you being able to go around that board for four hundred and fifty years and collect all the wealth and we still stuck at go.
3: And I think for you guys, like from an athlete thing, like I think what was so powerful about what the NBA did is like it's saying like you can't, like, just watch us and and, and just seek us as entertainment mm-hmm. as black men when you're treating, you know, people that look like us the same way. I mean, it's like you can admire – how can you admire someone as an athlete and, you know, just, like, center your whole life around kind of rooting for a team and, you know, just spend so much time watching sports and admiring these people and then – be you know fearful and hateful of everyone else like it, it just it it makes no sense in my mind it's just so messed up and I think it's so important that athletes are taking that stand because like it's just ridiculous what
2: upsets me the most and it just it, it disgusted me it really made my stomach curl for Roger Goodell to come out and say Colin was right we know we know he was right but you hijacked that narrative and made it about a flag that we consistently said day after day after day after day it's not about the flag
0: he continued to say that too it never was about the flag and he made a point but you know it, it comes with that Quote unquote They say he didn't have a plan You know, you know I think was, had, I
2: think his plan was executed flawlessly
0: Yeah And like you said If he had some people out there Was out there rioting Burning places down Then they would have heard his voice And then you know They would have took it seriously Whatever it may be And but they didn't. you know a lot of people They didn't huh? They didn't yeah. loot yeah. and riot
2: in his name For his cause that's not nope. when the looting and rioting started. It started right. when that, that man held his his knee on George Floyd's neck.
0: Yeah, and minutes. that's what I'm trying to say. That, right. that That's why it's a lot of change now. Because, you know, people will... You will get a lot of people's attention, which is terrible, when we start looting and damaging their property. <laughs> right.
1: There you, so. go. <laughs> there you go. Now they're
0: listening. You know that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. And then, you know, I was honestly when the NBA decided—well, not the NBA—when Milwaukee Bucks decided to process that game, I'm like, why? Why would they do that? Like, you know, me just thinking selfishly, I want to watch them play. Right. You know? right, and, right. And I start thinking like, there was a bigger picture. You know, why would they do that? They don't have no plan. And then I don't know if you've seen, probably uh, uh, three hours later, Chris Webber came out in the interview. I saw that. And then he was like, you know, everybody told about it. They don't have no plan, but sometimes you don't have a plan. You don't. You make decisions based on your beliefs right. and what you're thinking right. and how you feel. Right. But and they then spent that like, time Damn. trying
3: to make a plan. with legend. Like, they literally asked, like, uh, like powerful people around their state, like, what should we do? They asked Obama, what should we do? So, like, you know, there is a plan. You but, even you, people but you, you know what?
2: Even, 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 you know, with the perception of people not feeling as though they had a plan. Yes. The what what was executed was flawless. Yes. Sometimes it doesn't take a plan to spark an a reaction or action. Exactly. All it takes is you doing. Sometimes we just need to do and stop talking.
3: So why don't we end on on kind of this question that I've been thinking a lot about and I wanted to pose to you guys as we kind of wrap things up here. Should they have tried to use their leverage more becoming, for coming back to play. Because one thing I thought about is all these owners have all this power. And while, you know, you're asking them to use arenas uh, as, as voting areas and, you know, doting money to all these causes. If I'm a player, I'm trying to use my leverage to have these powerful people talk to the people who are actually making these laws.
0: I think I, honestly, I think some people are. I mean, um, uh, I heard it on a couple of NBA uh, broadcasts that they're trying to get to the state attorneys. state attorneys, And, I mean, a lot of you talk about Breonna Taylor. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the, the, the biggest subject right now, mm-hmm. trying to get those Definitely. people to hold accountable. Right. That's happened to Brianna Taylor. Like, I think the NBA and the WNBA, they made a pact. So mm-hmm. every opportunity that they had mm-hmm. to get interviewed or use their platform, they're trying to use that to get uh, Spark was Responsible to for Breonna Taylor arrested or mm-hmm. bring Them to justice mm-hmm. So um, my Theory that's funny you say that because I'm like you know let This season go man let's play this but it's a Short season and before The actual NBA season Start for 2021 We need to have a plan and before We start that season we need to talk to NBA Owners and make sure we all On the same page and before we start this NBA season You know So I think That's what they should do You know to Come up with these that ideas That they could talk to these people About Legislative And make sure That I just don't understand I'm just stuck right now To be honest with you It's Brian and Taylor man I'm just trying to figure out Why There's no justice right now For her Because the, the, long, the longer
2: concerned. The longer that You prolong things The more It is not in the forefront of of america's mind however what they're not realizing is (laughs) it ain't going nowhere and the same we're going to demand the same type of justice that we've been demanding from the start the middle and and where whenever we get to an end we're going to demand the same thing you know what i mean understanding how this country has, has been run and how um You know, politics has been infiltrated by multi-level corporations. Um, You know, change right now takes a lot more time than years past. You know, a lot of companies have their hands in pockets. You know what I'm saying? So it's very important, you know, for our, our community it's very important for every community, not just the African-American community. It's very important just to vote, you know. It's very important for you to understand exactly what, you know, the peoples whose names are on a ballot, you really understand exactly what they're about. Like, don't just vote because you see a name and it's popular. Like, know what's going on. You know, for me, and you know, I get into heated discussions with the CEO of my home, um, Because if I don't believe in a particular uh, candidate, if I don't believe in any one of them, I won't vote for either of them. Because to me, evil is still evil. There's no such thing as a lesser evil. So if I don't believe in you, I just, I won't even partake. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, that may not sit well with certain people, I already know it doesn't sit well here, but that's just, you know, my belief system. So it's important because I wouldn't want to vote for somebody just because of their name. And then afterwards, look at everything they stand for and say, you know what? This doesn't even align with my moral compass. But I maybe I should have voted for this guy. But you know what? This doesn't allow my moral compass either. Like, where do I go here? You understand that's that's a that's a dilemma that a lot of people have, and that's why it's so important for you to really know your candidates. Like, don't just take my word for it. Go do your own research and find out. You know what I'm saying? And,
3: Especially at like a more smaller level too. I think that's something that people miss out on a lot. Right,
2: and hopefully, you know, there is some type of commonality that you know you may share with a particular. Um, candidate that you feel more comfortable in investing your vote in. But, you know, it's more important now than ever that we go out there and exercise that right. And notice what I said, exercise the right. Yes. Our ancestors fought for the right, for the opportunity for us to vote or not to vote. They didn't fight for that just so you can vote no they fought for the opportunity so that you can make a choice you know i think sometimes we get you know caught up in you know our ancestors fought for this and that no they they fought to give us a choice to do it you know and exercise your choice you know that that's the beauty of this country but you know hopefully you know, America wakes up from this nightmare. Hopefully our leaders um, can, can do something and spark some type of change and really make it tangible so that it helps the community as a whole. Um, because I understand, you know, there are bad apples. Not all white people are evil.
0: <laughs> no way, man.
2: Not all, not all black people are good absolutely you know what I'm saying so you know at the end of the day when you find the best in people you invest in it invest in the best you know what I'm saying so like I said before I'm praying that um, I'm praying that this this hour hour and a half that we took out today um, really help somebody understand Um, I'm praying that you know they can look and see two black men and two white, two white individuals, you know, getting along, having commonalities, but also having differences and it being okay. It doesn't mean that we have to be at odds or be at each other's throats. We can respect one another. We can respect one another's opinion and we can still all coexist on this big blue planet we call earth.
3: So. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to end on. I mean, the only thing that is that I definitely won't agree with is, is Matt's uh, Clippers take.
0: But uh, I was just about to say so. The one thing I don't agree with,
3: Kyle Larry. <laughs> Kyle Larry. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: well, I guess we'll end on that. Thanks so much to everyone for joining us for our first oh, man, episode. Appreciate you guys, man. Yeah, hey. thank you for joining us. We're excited yes. to uh, you know have more great guests on, and we're going to be coming back with some great episodes coming up.
2: Byron, thanks a lot for your time, brother.
0: Thank you, man. Thank you for the invite, man. I continue you guys' success on your show, man. And uh, like I said, I keep you guys in my prayers, man. All the success, man. It's a, that's a wonderful thing you guys are doing, man. And like I said, I'm blessed that I could have the opportunity to be a part of it. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, man. Thank go, you. go Terps. Hi, yeah. right, Yes, sir.